Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It is episode 111 of our show. It's Tuesday, October 25th. Uh, there's a lot of Mets offseason talk to talk about, and it's beginning now. and probably going to go on for a few months from here. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly Olive. Joining me, as always, is Jerry Blevins. Jerry, we haven't chatted in a while, man. How you doing? Yeah, you've been ignoring all my texts and phone calls, like FaceTime. You've just been like, I don't want to talk to you. The season's over. I We're just out. business friends. I checked out. We're not. We're not real friends. It's all professional here, Jerry. And you're bringing <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm enjoying it. It's so nice here in Ohio right now. It was 80 yesterday. It's supposed to be 80 today. 80? The leaves are falling. It's beautiful right now. Wow. It's perfect. Well, Jerry, you know, today's episode of Shea Station is presented by Vincero. And I mean, if you want to go out there in your best fall attire, you got to get yourself a Vincero watch and really wear it on the street. And that 80 degree weather in Ohio, which is kind of random to me. You got naked wrists right now. Come on. I'm open. Get some sleek. We got we to gotta hook it up, man. Uh, sports fans, we're entering the climax of the baseball season. The World Series is coming up and you need to have your best major league style going even if you're on a minor league contract well good news we got friends over at vincero collective who have sponsored and presented this episode of shea station to make sure all of our listeners are saving big as they accessorize their autumn outfits with premium watches jewelry sunglasses and much more other watchmakers have insane markups but their well-designed accessories make sure you look class while you save some cash and the mets are gonna be spending some cash this off season as well they might want to shop at vincero get 20 percent off and free shipping site-wide with the code shea at VinceroCollective.com. That's V-I-N-C-E-R-O Collective.com. Code Shea. Get yourself a nice wash, maybe some nice jewelry, and spend like the Mets are presumably going to spend this offseason over at Vincero. Thank you to them for presenting us and sponsoring us today. Jerry, mm. we got a lot of players. Do, we do talk me a about. favor. Can you say the word for a bunch of jewels again? Jewelry? Jewelry. How do you spell that? J E W E L R Y. Jewelry. Oh, because it sounds like you're saying J U L E R Y. Jewelry. You roasting me right now? What's going on? <laughs> How do you? We, we've just been talking about off. <laughs> before we started, we were talking about all sorts of pronunciations from the New York, New Jersey area. <laughs> That's just the common word that people say. Jewelry. Yeah. Are you bringing our Italian accent discourse into the show now, Jerry? Is that, is that what's going on? Fresh mutz. Fresh mozzarella. Mozzarella. Yeah. See, this is what we do in the offseason because we don't have any <laughs> games to talk no, about. No, <laughs> uh, the Mets do have a ton of decisions to make, man. Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. Um, let's go over the list of everybody that's that's on the potential free agent market. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for the Mets themselves, they have 11, I'd say 11 key players that are going to be hitting the market 
in all likelihood. It starts at the top with Jacob deGrom. That's the one that most people are familiar with. That's kind of the big question looming around the Mets offseason. But there's also major players in Edwin Diaz, who's going to hit the market as probably the best closer. Brandon Nimmo's hitting the market as the best center fielder. Uh, Chris Bassett may hit the market. Tywan Walker and Carlos Carrasco, parts of the rotation that have interesting options on their contract. And then a lot of the bullpen is going to be hitting the market as well. Trevor Williams, Seth Lugo, Adam Onovino, Trevor May, and Michael Givens are five major names that were big pieces of our bullpen last year. That was a very good bullpen that could walk away from the team. So there's plenty to cover here. Lots to cover. I think we start, um, let's start with Michael Givens because you and I both agree that he'll be back. And the reason being is he has a team option. The team option is for $3.5 million dollars. Now, he could easily go on the market and get five, um, so it's already a value. On top of that, there's a $1.5 million buyout. So the difference in that 3.5 to 1.5 is $2 million. That's the question. Is he worth $2 million because the other it's a wash outside of that? And he is. He's a $2 million pitcher, easy, and we need that depth in the bullpen. So Michael Givens, he'll be 33, but – he's worth that $3.5 million signing team option. So I think he's a Met. I think that's an easy decision. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you said there. I mean, he was acquired for a reason. They got him in kind of a smaller deal at the trade deadline. As most Mets fans know, he kind of got off to a slow start, then had a really strong end to the season. I think he settled into the New York atmosphere uh, a little bit more. And this is a Mets bullpen that is going to need help next season. I think they want to start looking within the organization with some of their younger guys, but also it doesn't hurt to have a middle relief guy like Michael Givens, who's proven, has playoff experience, and has pitched here before uh, at the cheap price of what would be considered $2 million. Uh, 33 years old doesn't really scare me at all, uh, and I think that his delivery isn't built around velocity. It's built around kind of creativity and like uh, breaking pitches and stuff like that. He's got a very funky delivery. Um, and I think that with so many of the key guys outside of Edwin Diaz walking away, having some sort of bridge in the seventh or eighth inning in Michael Givens would be very, very helpful. You never have enough pitching. Uh, he doesn't have options. The young guys will. He'll be he'll be around. They'll cycle through a bunch of guys. Yeah, it should be interesting because the you can never have enough bullpen pitching. And so I think he's a quality arm. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I want to jump away from the bullpen really Let's quick to talk about the other guy with a very interesting option that I personally feel is a slam dunk for the Mets, and that's Carlos Carrasco. Uh, Cookie, part of the Lindor trade, that's how he got here, had that rough first year with injury. This year he was healthy and he pitched a lot better, a little bit shaky towards the end. He is another guy in this rotation that could walk out, and you're looking at a potential complete upending of this rotation with the possibility of DeGrom, Bassett, Walker, and Cookie all walking away from the team. As it stands right now, the Mets can field a rotation of four guys. Uh, they have Max Scherzer on a deal, David Peterson and Tyler McGill, and Joey Lucchese, who's healthy, that Jerry recently pointed out to me. He totally f- forgot about him completely, uh, but he's healed up from his Tommy John surgery. So you can field four guys right there, and I think Mets fans would feel a lot better if they had some form of a five-man rotation going into next season. Uh, Cookie Carrasco has a $14 million team option with a $3 million buyout. Uh, if the Mets declined to bring him back, they could buy him out for $3 million and let him hit the market. Uh, Cookie was healthy. He is going to turn 36 years old next season, so it is a bit of a question mark. Yeah, so here, here's the other guys. Like, Taiwan Walker is young. He's going to be 31. He's had a couple of really strong years in the Mets uniform. Yeah, I think he goes out on the market and can get something 
north of what he got with us. Like we got Definitely. him on a really good two-year deal. Um, but Cookie's a, a one-year guy at 36. It's a basically an $11 million team option. Depth, I think he's a quality pitcher, um, back end of the rotation kind of guy. And I think he fits. I think his his presence in the clubhouse, all the intangibles that go with it. Bottom line is he's a solid pitcher that, that could eat some innings. He's building off of this past year. So I think he'll be strong going into next year. And it just gives you flexibility to keep McGill kind of in an in- innings limit. Um, Lucchese coming off Tommy John. You right. don't know what you're going to get from him. It's a solid piece. One that, that he's shown he can have success in New York, and he's a good guy. I think that's also a pretty easy pickup as well with, with Cookie. Yeah, I mean, the thing that you mentioned is a pretty huge factor because you don't really know what you're going to get out of McGill and Lucchese. And, I mean, we saw enough from David Peterson to feel encouraged, but that's also kind of a what-if. The only real guarantee here uh, is Max Scherzer, and we kind of left with a, a sour taste in our mouths uh, with Scherzer in the 2022 season. Um, so I think bringing back Cookie is just good insurance. I mean, you never know what the injury risk with the pitcher is going to be, but like you said before, having as much pitching as possible is probably a good plan. And that's that, an easy that's an easy depth piece to give you flexibility. So. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at our list, and it's like all pitchers except for Brandon Nimmo, essentially, now that I'm glancing it's, over it. It's pretty scary. I mean, uh, you know, you have <laughs> – you have a lot of options from from things going on. Like, you know, let's let's ignore Brandon Nemo. First sure. of all, quickly highlight: I think Brandon Nemo is a major target for the New York Mets. Hope so. I hope. Well, the the scary thing: I think he wants to come back. From you know the the everything I've heard, he's a great fit. He keeps Marte in right. He fits perfectly there. He's. I think he's going to get better than he was this year as far as offensive production, even though he had a solid year. Um, the, what scares me is he's Scott Boris, and Scott yeah. Boris sees what you have in center field options outside of him. So you have Judge. Judge is here. Yeah. Then you have Nemo, and then everybody underneath that is way underneath, I feel like. Kiermaier is the other center field option. And that's basically so, it. It would be interesting to see if he if he really tests the market because I think he could really find a, a suitor that's going to pay up for it. But I still think he ends up being a Met. Um, but, you know, best of luck to him in the free agent market. So outside of that, all pitching, man. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I think, I think we'll circle back to Nemo for sure, but I think this is going to be a pitching-led discussion. Do you want to keep it in the rotation or do you want to tackle the bullpen? Uh... Gosh, because the two biggest names for me are DeGrom and, and Diaz. Those are the two two biggest names. Edwin Diaz is going to be 29 next season. He's going to be the highest paid reliever of all time. You think is so? Is he going to be with the Mets? Because I think here, – here's, here's, here's my question, okay? I think the, the moves, regardless of philosophy, I think the, the Michael Gibbons, the Carlos Carrasco – are moves that you make, whether or not yes. you plan on spending a billion dollars in the offseason or not. Yes. But there's two there's two thoughts of philosophy here that if you're the, the Mets organization, do you go all out, bring Diaz back, bring DeGrom back, go out there and find another huge piece and make another run at it? Or do you play conservative and start to build – 
for the Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, you know, era with that. So it's, it's, do you play a little bit more long game or do you, do you go back in rebuy and, and push forward? So I think those are the two biggest question marks. Yeah. And I mean, we, we constantly hear about, you know, the three to five year plan to win a world series with Steve Cohen. But I mean, I think establishing some form of a system and an affordable system at that is much more in the Mets interest. I mean, they had a really good shot at a world series this year. And like you said, on our season is over pod, you know, that doesn't come around very, very often. It's very rare to find a team that's constantly in contention. And I think the two guys you brought up are kind of the diverging paths of the way the Mets want to go. Uh, if you're looking to contend again next year and get back into the fall classic uh, consideration, you need a lockdown closer. You need Edwin Diaz on your roster to get to the ninth inning and then seal a win from there. And Edwin Diaz was everything as advertised and more, and he probably will get north of a four-year deal, in my opinion. I think some team will overpay that price to get his services just because of what he displayed this year. If you're the Mets, I mean, that is a massive investment that maybe hinders your chances at guys like DeGrom and Nimmo. And for me personally, I'm putting all my chips on Jacob DeGrom currently. I'm not concerned about injury history because I feel like none of it was purely structural. It was a lot of muscle-based things. And I mean, he looked healthy in the second half of the year. And one thing that people talked about that really resonated with me was when Steve Cohen did his, I think it was his initial press conference. Maybe it was one or two after one of the main things he brought up uh, was his upbringing as a Mets fan and the feeling of betrayal and sadness he had when the team traded away Tom Seaver. And Steve Cohen is in a position now to either repeat that caliber of history or to rewrite it in a way. And that comes through Jacob deGrom and whether or not you decide to pay him and whether or not you give him the biggest number on the table. Obviously, it's up to Jake, whether he wants to return to New York. I don't see a reason why he wouldn't, but you know, there's obviously personal reasons that we couldn't possibly know about. But in terms of priority, DeGrom currently sits above Diaz on my list. Wow. I don't know where to go from that. Like, um, I I think it's unfair to put, you know, the betrayal of the Mets fans felt um, on where the DeGrom situation is now, because DeGrom is opting out of it. Uh, so he's he's a he'll officially not be a Met. It's not like they're trading him away. Sure. So I don't think that's like a betrayal from the front office or ownership if he doesn't suit up. Um, and I also, man, it would be really hard for me to see him in any other uniform. But after seeing Freddie Freeman go to the Dodgers, like I'm jaded. Nothing sacred, yeah. You know? There's nothing happen. sacred anymore. Yeah. No. Um, I think if you go for DeGrom, then you have to go for Diaz and Nemo. You think they because all... That shows me, because you're not going to... DeGrom's going to be 35 next year. I, that means DeGrom you're... feels like a guy that could pitch until he's 42. 45. I don't feel that way. You don't feel that way? I mean, uh, he's been... there's he might, he might be that guy, but he hasn't shown a track record of being able to, to pitch. I mean, his, his starts... He's he had what eleven this year? He had eleven starts this year. How many did he have last year? Fifteen. How many did he have in twenty twenty? He pitched the full season in twenty twenty, but that's how many how many starts? starts? Twelve starts. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's the best pitcher on the planet. He's he's one of 
maybe the greatest baseball player I've ever had on my team. Uh, I love Jacob DeGrom. I love watching him pitch, but there's real question marks in, in what he can and can't do. So that'll be interesting to me. I think they make a, a similar pitch to him, maybe give him an extra year like than the they, that they did go four years at 40 million. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, four years at 40. So that gives you what, 160 million. I mean, I I view Diaz as the immediate contention window signing because signing a closer to a long-term deal, that doesn't signal to me like future building. That's I want to go for it this year. I think the thinking around DeGrom is you want him as part of that five-year plan. And if you're going for this immediate contention window, there's a guy on the Houston Astros that you could sign for a similar AAV who has a proven playoff pitcher, a World Series champion, all of that. And it makes more sense to me for that plan and his name is Justin Verlander because you can slot him at the top of your rotation and you have a very similar outlook that you had with DeGrom and Scherzer in Verlander and Scherzer without paying, you know, that $40 million for many, many years on top of it. Cause I don't He's think getting 40 million a year. Verlander. You think Verlander? Absolutely. Why would it, but do you think he gets four years? Is my no, question. he's not going to get four exactly. years. He's going to get a two, two, maybe three, which is absurd to me. But he's he's a, he's going to get a two year similar to what Scherzer got. Yeah. So I mean, he's, he came off Tommy John and looked better. He might have had his best season, you know, minus the the injury stuff. So there's some question marks, and he understands it. He took extra time off from like he had a calf soreness, right? And he took time off just to be cautious because you can't just push through stuff like that when you're 40. Um, but him to me, Degrom is in that same conversation as those those guys. But as you, far but you think Degrom will get more money than Verlander, right, or more years? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what he's going to get. Okay. He, his he's been so injured. It's so his. I think if the Mets offer him the same thing they offered Scherzer plus a year, I think he's a Met. Hmm. I think it's that simple. So I, I think he retains his – and if he wants – he doesn't want to be a Met anymore. If he wants to go closer to his home in the South, go pitch in Atlanta, go pitch in Miami, if that's even a possibility. I could see L.A. making a play for him. Houston so. would be another play for Texas him. Texas maybe even too. They got a lot of money. and they just Yeah, have Texas has talked about going after Kershaw again yep. or Rodon, all that. I, I'll be interested to see. I would love for DeGrom to, to – to suit back up for the Mets. I think he's, there's a level of comfortability for him staying in the same organization, having spring training in the same place. His family, you know, knows the area he's got, you know, places to live. I think there's, you know, he's got a young family, man. So, well, let me ask you this of this big three of DeGrom, Diaz and Nimmo, all three, we considered essential if the Mets want to continue to contend, which is the one that you want back regardless of price tag. Like blank check, we need him back in blue and orange. It's a tough question. I think it's, I think it's Nimmo. Interesting. I think it's Nimmo for me because yeah. I think that your windows, your windows longer because he's going to get a five year window. Yes. It solidifies your outfield, the top of your your offensive lineup. He's everything that you have established as your philosophy from hitting. You know, put the ball in play, take your walks. I think he's going to get better. I think he's maturing more. Um, 
And I think he he's going to cost the least, which is, you we know, as far as, you know, him and the cost of Diaz is going to get the he's going to be the first hundred million dollar reliever and deservedly. So. Um, uh, but to me, I think Nimmo is is the uh, is one of the faces of your franchise out front all the time. DeGrom has been great, but he's he's. Gosh, that's a tough question. It really, I just feel but like, I mean, I that's feel what like Nimmo's the guy. Yeah, I mean, for me, I personally don't see Edwin Diaz as a Met next year, just because I feel like every team that wants to win a World Series is going to be in contention to have his services. Not every team needs a center fielder. Plenty of teams do, and Brandon Nimmo, I think, certainly is the best bang for your buck versus Aaron Judge. And Nimmo is the guy that's going to want to play a center. I don't think he's signing with the team to go play left field or anything like that. Um, so I still lean towards DeGrom getting my blank check, and that's obviously fan bias. Like, There's no denying that. There's a reason I feel this way. It's because I want to see him retire as a Met. But yeah, this lineup. So I mean, I have our projected lineup without Nimmo currently right now because he's technically not a Met. And you're looking at Mark Canna, the center fielder, maybe Khalil Lee getting some reps out there. Um, the outfield depth in the Met system is currently thin, uh, which is very unfortunate. Outside of the guys that we signed to immediate contracts, you could maybe run Jeff McNeil out there. You can play anywhere, I guess. But Nimmo is definitely necessary to this team going forward. So I think that if I'm taking two of the three, I'm going to Grom and Nimmo. Shit, <laughs> it's tough though. It's, uh, it's see, here's so the hard. thing, man. I, I want Degrom. Degrom to me has a chance to be one of the greatest New York Mets of all time if he's not already in that Mount Rushmore yeah. thought process. The Edwin, the the bullpen arms. You need a closer. There yeah. is no closer, right? I mean, the Mets don't have a closer. Do you want to talk bullpen? Because it, it's go it goes deeper than Diaz. That's what I mean. Yeah. So the right now the Mets don't have anybody. Drew Smith is your closer, who's unproven. Yeah. Who's we think I think he could be a closer, but I mean, do you want me to tell you our bullpen right now as it stands? Let me just finish sure. this thought process, right? And so you need a closer. We don't have one. We have. Yeah, go for the list off the the bullpen. So the top of the chain is like you said, it's Drew Smith. You have Joely Rodriguez behind him, who's ARB eligible, so he's going to get some money this year. And then after that, it is young guys and guys that haven't pitched in a while. So you have Sean Reed Foley, who missed this entire year. John Curtis, I don't know if you remember, the Mets signed him last year kind of as an insurance plan for I remember this year. the name. Yeah. kind of. He was a raised guy. who they, Curtis with another S. Curtis with end, two right? S's. That's okay. Yep, there you go. Uh, Bryce Montes de Oca, who had some nasty stuff but definitely needs work. And then Yuan Lopez, who is famous for hitting guys. Where's Adonis Medina? Adonis Medina uh, DFA'd. So he's technically oh, right. looking for some sort of minor league deal, probably some training invite. RIP. Adonis, thank you for the Dodgers. Uh, so yeah, it's so in it's, shambles. A little it's bit. in shambles. Yeah, because you lost May, Adovino, Diaz. Who else? Lugo, Adovino, Lugo. May. Givens you can bring back. Lugo. Trevor Williams is on the market as well. I think he probably wants to go be a starter somewhere, and rightfully so. He did a great job this year. But, yeah, man, a lot of questions. Yeah, man. Uh, so if we talk about closing, again, if you want to win now or win in the next couple of years, there's Edwin Diaz. I think Kenley Jansen is on the market again. He is, yeah. He had a one-year deal. Yeah, and so 35 definitely showed signs of wear and tear. Um, you have Araldis Chapman, Kimbrel, 
who didn't even make the postseason roster. Nope. Aroldis Chapman, who decided not to show up for a team meeting, didn't make the postseason roster. And then Taylor Rogers, the lefty, uh, he's also thir- in his 30s, who showed cracks in the armor. Like, that's your top closers. Yeah. I mean, one name that I think would be kind of fun. And I don't. Th- I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do a full, I think, like wish list episode kind of thing with guys that we want to target. Uh, but old friend Rafael Montero hitting the market. He's looked really good in the postseason as well. So he looks good. Ninety-seven mile an hour sinker ball. Where the hell did that come from, man? Where that? Come He's from? had it. He just started using it different. Crazy. It's something. Maturity's a thing, man. Yeah. I always like Montero. He's a good kid. Yeah. He's he's, he's a full grown adult, but he was he's. I, I like him as a person. Mm. Again, I don't think he's coming into close. No. I, no. I mean, Edwin Diaz is is the answer. Maybe. No, I mean, it really is Edwin Diaz. I mean, okay, so let's let's talk about the guys that were in Mets uniform last year outside of Diaz that you think are essential to being, like, supplemental to this bullpen. Because as it stands right now, the only guys on this projected bullpen that I really want to see there on the active roster come opening day are Drew Smith. I'd be okay with Joe Ellie because I think Joe Ellie had nice spurts of a really good play there. And I really liked Bryce Montes de Oca's stuff, but like at the, maybe at the back end. Outside of that, you have four spots you need to fill, including probably a closer in some capacity. I don't think I saw enough from de Oca to, to to warrant a full year roster spot. I'll send I'll send you some stuff. He, he had he had some I pretty like stuff is stuff, but you can't just stuff your way in the big leagues. It's not going to work. It doesn't work. We'll see. I like. He him. already showed you. I'm He's got to learn him. how to pitch, man. <laughs> I'm high on him. Uh, you can be high on him. He has elite level stuff, but he got his ass kicked in the big leagues. He did. He definitely did. But I like him. That's fair. <laughs> I don't not like him. I just, again, having done that job, I've seen a thousand Bryce Montez de Oca show up and never pan out because they don't know how to make the adjustments. Right. You got to learn. Getting to the big leagues is a lot easier than staying in the big leagues. You can stuff your way through the minor leagues. When you get there, it's a different level. You have to figure it out. And so that's why bullpen guys have options, and that's why options for those guys are huge. So he can be up and down and learn. Yeah. But out of – let me ask out, you this. Out, there's nobody besides Edwin Diaz that I have to have back. So for me, okay. I love Trevor Williams. He is one of the MVPs, but I don't think you're going to get a better season from him. So if you sign him, I don't think you can expect the same level of – Sure you know, performance that he gave you. Uh, so I, I, you know, I think we just, we can thank you for your service and let him move on out of Vino. Uh, I thought was great as well. He could come back, but I don't, I think you can piece together other guys. He's a, he's a back end kind of guy, Trevor may similar, you know, guy. Seth Lugo's the one that would be hard for me to let go. Yeah. I think Lugo would be great to come back. I'd really like to see him come back. But again, I'm really close uh, emotionally with a lot of these guys. Right. So like Lugo, Nemo, uh, DeGrom, and even lesser so, but Diaz. Like Those are your musts. Those are the guys you want back. Seeing those guys go. Lugo's not a must, but I would I would I think he's good enough to to warrant uh what he's going to get on the market so why not put him where you need him in the bullpen and the in with the mets i mean his uh what he did after their elimination game you know kind of it warmed my heart and broke my heart I, you know he, he and nimmo kind of stayed in uniform and went out and took pictures on the field with his family and stuff because like you never know when goodbye is going to be i guess um 
But I, th- I just think one of these four guys needs to suit up again, man. I, you need some kind of seventh or eighth guy here. And, I mean, I'd like it to be Lugo for fan reasons, obviously, because he's a guy that's been here for six years. Adovino, you don't really know what you're going to get. He's going to turn 37 next season. And he's kind of – he's had this very interesting career where he'll have a great year and then he'll follow it up with kind of a, a, a lackluster year. And there's no science behind it, really. I mean – but he had a fantastic 2.06 ERA in 65 innings last year for the Mets. He was essential to our success. He was great, great last year. And Trevor May is a guy that you could possibly sign for cheaper than you originally signed him because he's coming off an injury year and had really disappointing numbers. And that's a guy you can really afford to just kind of throw in there as a sh- as insurance. Um, so for me, I would really like to see Lugo and Trevor May come back. I think I'd be personally okay with Adam Adovino and Trevor Williams going on the market. Yeah, Trevor May is a, a, um, interesting to see what you could get for, for, uh, contract-wise, his interest level. I think uh, we didn't name Nagosik. I think Nagosik oh. is on the roster is he a uh, until he pitches his way off because I saw enough from him to be above your beloved Montez de Oca, kind <laughs> of. You know what I mean? Like, That's you got to learn how to pitch in the big leagues this year. He had year. some good innings this year, honestly. Yeah, he's yep. not a free agent until 25. Or no, he's ARB, ARB eligible in 25, not a free agent until 28. Yeah, yeah I mean, so he's he's uh he probably still has an option as well. He had a nice sample size this year, 22 innings. That's, That's nice what I mean. Play. He kind of established himself as he'll be on the roster. He's like a, a a cog of the machine of the New York Mets next season. Yeah, depth piece so, for sure. I have a hard time seeing Edwin Diaz walk. Um if you really, again, if you're really trying to compete, there's no better market out there. You're not, you don't have to overpay. Yeah. I think he wants to come back, but who knows? I mean, I, I personally, and I know that this team is probably going to spend more than any other team in the off season. I don't see I don't see a world where all three are still here. You're talking Nemo, Nemo, Diaz and DeGrom. I don't, I, I see a world where that happens. I, maybe, but then the team is going to be the same from last year. And for you as a fan, are, are you okay with that after that postseason performance? Yeah, I think so. But I, I think if you still believe in, in Scherzer, which you have two more years of, of Scherzer, if you still think DeGrom can pitch, it's the same formula. They yeah. just didn't perform right when they when you needed them to. So the question is, do you think they're capable of that? That's it. And yeah. no, no matter what, you have Scherzer. So you're already invested for the next year. Right. So what are you going to do? Are you going to go out and that's what I mean. Those are the two philosophies. Either you go out and build for the next year, which is signing to Grom or Verlander, some sort of that elite level guy, because I think that's the only way you compete next year. And then you have to develop some starting pitching. Right. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about starting pitching then? Because that well, is also a big question that we are going to address after I tell you guys about the Ridge Wallet, our other sponsor for today's Chase Station episode. Steve Cohen likely has a fat Ridge Wallet that's exploding at the seams because he's getting ready to spend the season, so he'll likely need another one, and he's getting his with Coach Shea, or Coach John Boy, rather. Guys. I want to see the, the wad of cash he has. I don't think the Ridge Wallet could handle How that How much cash, cash do you think Steve Cohen carries on? I don't know. I bet it comes in a fat roll like this just for fun. <laughs> uh, guys... 
check out this Ridge wallet. It's sleek, it's thin, it's capable of holding all your cards and any cash you want to carry around. Holds up to 12 cards. Uh, there's over 30 colors and styles, including carbon fiber and burnt titanium. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews, one of them coming from Steve Cohen himself. I didn't make that up. The durable material means each wallet comes with a lifetime warranty. And the Ridge team is so confident that you'll like it that they'll let you test drive it for 45 days and you can send it back for a full refund if you don't love it. So check out the link in our description and use code JOHNBOY for 10% off your first Ridge wallet. Like I said, they got that 45-day warranty, which is very, very nice. You can send it back if you're not satisfied. Uh, check out the link, code JOHNBOY, 10% off. Go get yourself a Ridge wallet today. Thank you to them for sponsoring Shea Station. Thank you. Thank you. Starters, where do you want to start? Uh, I mean, we've, we could talk to Graham, but uh, let's talk about Taiwan Walker. Yeah, I think he's worth a full-length discussion. Yeah. I think, so Taiwan Walker has a $6 million player option uh, with a $3 million buyout. Taiwan Walker is going to get more than $6 million per year. He's, I think, fully going to opt out of that uh, aspect of his contract. The Mets got a really good deal on him, and it was late uh, in 2021 spring training, I think, where they added him on to be part of the rotation. Yeah, he showed up. He yeah. showed up like really late. I think he had like uh, maybe two and, weeks to get ready or something. Yep, and he did great. He had a great first half, made the All Star team. We all know about his second half from last year. Uh, this past year, I think, is arguably the best season of his career. I don't think that's too outlandish to say. Uh, he made 29 starts, maybe 2017 with the Diamondbacks, but 29 starts to 3.49 ERA, logged 157 innings for us, had some really great performances uh, down the stretch. I think his second half numbers got inflated by a few bad starts here and there. Um, but he's hitting the market, and he's one of the better starters on the market, in my opinion, especially in terms of uh, getting value uh, per money, uh, because there's a lot of top-end guys, and then the middle core of the starters isn't as uh, full of depth as you might think, and Taiwan Walker is right there along with guys like Jamison Tyone, Tyler Anderson, Michael Walker had a good year. Um, it's going to be interesting because Tywin Walker, I, I could fully see getting a three- or four-year contract because he is young. He's only going to turn 31 years old next season. Yeah, and I think he showed um, quite a bit of what's the progression in mm. his career maturity-wise, yeah. knowing his body a little bit, pitching through some things that I don't know he would have pitched through in the past just because he understands himself. Uh, I really, I really like Taiwan Walker. I, I think I just, I was very impressed with his overall uh, approach this season. I think he handled himself very well on the mound and off. Um, I'm a big Taiwan Walker fan, um, but I think, you know, I think he, he has a, a large market out there in the a three or four year kind of term. And I mean, he might, I, I wouldn't hold it against him at all, but, you know, he might view himself as a guy that belongs at the top of the staff rather than the bottom. And I mean, it's it's small, minute things, but I think a, a, a thing like him not getting a playoff nod for a start over a guy like Chris Bass or something like that might influence the decision in some way because Tywin Walker did have, by all accounts, a very productive year for the Mets. And there are teams that I think would be willing to pay for his services to fill out their rotation or maybe even fill out a one or two spot in their rotation if a team is rebuilding or whatever. Um, and he's going to be one of the tougher guys to retain here. I mean, Cookie has that option that I think the Mets will exercise for insurance. And then guys like Walker and Bassett and DeGrom, I mean, is there enough money to go around to get all three of these guys back? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. 
I, I think some of these, a lot of these guys end up somewhere else because I think Bassett, who's going to be 34 next year. Yeah. He's going to be an interesting case because the guy pitched really well and he's been, you know, excellent, but he's also older. So he's an innings eater that none of those guys are. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll be a number three on any team, possibly a number two on a lesser team, but it, it should be interesting. I'm not sure what his market's going to look like, but he proved to me that he could pitch in this market, Yeah. but I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's, I think the, the approach would, for me, here's the approach that I would take. Sign DeGrom back. You have DeGrom Scherzer once again. And then you have Peterson, McGill, Lucchese kind of. And I think you sign maybe one more with Carrasco back there. I think you sign like a a Johnny Cueto mm. to kind of give you that kind of look. Um, not, not Kluber, but I think you go out there and you get a guy that could give you another just solid. And I don't – I think – Taiwan Walker is going to be in higher demand. Yeah. I think Chris Bass is going to be in higher demand and they're going to take longer years, like a longer contract than I think the Mets should give them. I think they're, they could short term high AAV, really high payroll early. And they're, as they're building their, their organization and player development to, to be around the Francisco Alvarez's, the Vientos, I think they they put veteran guys in there on shorter term deals. So, do you think there is a world where the Mets and Chris Bassett come to an agreement on that team option worth nineteen million, or do you think he's hitting the market? Uh, I think there's a I think there's a good deal if he because he's older. Yeah, that is a great you know a good that's a good deal for him in a one year market, but it stinks for him too because that's other suitors are going to have to give up a piece. So I think there's a good chance. And this is why as a former player rep, as a former player, that, that though, that's the worst the, yeah. the having that draft pick attached to your name that you have to give up is terrible for, for a guy like, like Chris Bassett, who's older like yeah. that, that completely changes his market. So I think there's a good chance that the qualifying offer is too much for him to overcome. And he comes back. I think if the Mets say, Hey, look, we we're putting this on the table. We think you're worth more than that. Go out there and see what you can get because you deserve it. But if not, this will still be here the one year at this, this amount. Yeah. And I mean, I, I also agree with the the thing you said before about how if you get DeGrom back, I don't think you need another one of these top-end guys because the top-end guys outside of DeGrom that are above Bassett are Kershaw, who, you know, it's going to be hard to pry away from L.A., I think, in any capacity. I think if he, if he pitches, it's only in L.A. or maybe for the Rangers. Maybe for the Rangers to be close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, Verlander, who's going to command DeGrom's AAV, probably. So then you have three guys who are going to be making $40 million in your rotation, and all of them are about 35 so years sick. old. It would be sick, but all of them are, you know, they're old dudes, and, I mean, they're making a ton of money. Yeah. Um, the one that I think is a little bit, you know, maybe could be fun because it is going to be a longer type deal. He is only 30 years old. Is Carlos Rodon, who really balled out for the Giants this year. He is a guy that doesn't eat a ton of innings, which is, you know, a value that Chris Bassett definitely brought. 
but he is definitely on uh, another level and would be a dynamite number and three. And he's a lefty. Which, and he's a lefty. You know, yeah. uh, the Mets have been short-sighted with uh, signing left-handed starters. Exactly. It helps. You get guys – look at look at the Phillies lineup. Yeah. Carlos Rodon matches so well against that lineup. Like, But he's also going to be 30. I know. It's not a young starting pitcher. And he's injury prone, but he did show consistent dominance this year. He hit that threshold. I like him, but uh, yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing too. Again, that's that's a long term thing. So we've pretty much come through our entire list here, and I mean, I think there there were a few that we agreed on in Cookie and Givens, but what would you say is your your plan for the internal options that are free agents for the Mets? Like aside from, you know, outside of the big three, I guess, like what is a successful offseason outside of other free agents? To me, a successful offseason is making yourself a contender again. So I think you you need to bring back some real guys. I think I think uh I think Nimmo is a priority. There's there there's not just the number one priority. Right, right. There's right. not just but if uh, from the hitter standpoint, it's Nimmo. Like he he is the embodiment of what you're trying to do philosophically at the plate with your approach and and everything. He's a known commodity that can play in New York. He's a face of the franchise, a great person, a good human being on top of all of those things. So to me, that is that. And then on the other end, I think I think uh, having DeGrom and Diaz are the win-now modes. And Diaz for the next – if you sign Diaz, you can also trade him. Mm. He'll, be a, he'll be a commodity that you can – all things, you know, if you need to break class to build, he's a, he'll be a 30-year-old, 29-year-old elite closer – that if he's struggling, we'll still have value because it's a change of scenery. Guys' stuff doesn't go away. Yeah. Sometimes if you're struggling, you, you trade him and you, and you can do it. So he's an asset to have regardless. I mean, and let me ask you this too, and I, I, I think I know the answer. and It might be an easy question um, because I think what this playoff run has established is that maybe we're overvaluing the regular season or maybe the playoff format doesn't respect the regular season as much as maybe we think it should. Um, if you can get your big three back into Grom, Diaz and Nimmo, but it also means that everybody else that we've talked about today leaves the team. Do you take that off season and you run with it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think Cause so I too. think you can supplement those guys. Yeah, I, I think you can supplement them with some really good, really good big league players. I mean, your lineup outside of that is solid. You have Alonzo at first base. You have McNeil at second base. You have Lindor at shortstop. You have Guillaume Escobar at third. You've got Nito McCann, Alvarez behind about Beatty. the plate. Beatty's but, there too. Yeah, that's what I mean. And then you have you have catchers. Uh, you got Canna. You've got Marte. Yep. You can supplement – you know, your lineup is there. You already have guys. You have to have, you know, if you move, that's if you don't sign Nimmo, if he's not your guy, you move Marte back to center and then you have right field open. You can find a right fielder on the market or you, you could bring Jeff in, there, honestly. Yeah, or you could put Jeff, Jeff there and then you have Beatty Escobar 
Vientos, the Mets still have Escobar. that versatility across the board, which is great. Most of their hitters are still going to be here. Here's here's what I – this is kind of – your lineup is already basically set. Yeah. You have guys that aren't going anywhere. You have these guys locked up for the future. That's why I think Nimmo's of such value because he fits into that. He's a left-handed hitter, um, and he's at the top of the, the order. I could see you moving on, but who are you going to fill him with? Right. Um, if you if you change that approach, I think you need a left-handed power bat. And who is that on the market? It could have been Schwarber last season, but you know we've yeah, talked, again, we've talked it would have been that. ideal. But I don't think Judge is a realistic thought process. Yeah, I don't, I don't even see. I don't see. They'll probably throw him a contract offer just to just drive to the see. price up yeah, for the sure. Yankees. I think the Dodgers and the Rangers uh, and the the Yankees are the only real fitting place. Um, so the Giants might be in there too. What's that? I think the Giants might be in there too. That's true. That's a good one. Yeah. His he can hit home runs in that ballpark. But outside of that, I don't see a, another fit because you just you, you that's the only open spot at center field. I don't see a left-handed power bat fit on the free agent market. I think there is a world where the Mets make some kind of trade. We've seen them make pretty big impact trades in the past. Uh, and I think with most of this lineup set, I mean, we didn't mention Dan Vogelback. He has a $1.5 million team option. He's, he's on the team. He's on the team. The Mets are and, insane and Ruff, if they don't actually. Regardless that. of your thoughts, Ruff is on Ruff. the team as well. They have Ruff for like two more years. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's not quite as rough, a little more smooth sailing. Nice. See what yeah. you did there. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I think we summed it all up pretty well there, and I think that that is the comforting fact. We spent we we spent a lot of this episode like, what are the Mets going to do to fill out this pitching staff? On the other side of the ball, this lineup is all but set, and you did that with the two to three year deals with Canna and Marte and Escobar. You gave yourself that insurance. The Mets are fully capable of doing that again on the pitching side of things. I think that's an important note. Yeah, and it, and it's that's why I mean your lineup is already set to be competitive. What are you going to do uh, on the on the pitching side of things? I think so. we're seeing firsthand. I'm I'm trying to avoid talking about the Phillies as much as possible, but we're seeing firsthand that talent has the capability to win championships more than depth. And with talent like Harper, and with talent like all these splash free agent signings they made, they didn't worry about the defense. They didn't really worry about the depth behind them, and that can backfire. But also, it gives you the best shot at winning now. So I think. We could see two paths here. We could see the Mets go and supplement that roster, and I think I'd be happy with that. Or we could see them go spend huge, get their three big guys back, maybe another piece on top of that, and uh, really look towards a World Series in 2023. I think they're both good options, um, but they're both very different options. I think they're, yeah. I think I think regardless, they're going to get a big starting pitcher. Yeah. If DeGrom, I think they make a, a very competitive DeGrom offer and if he wants to come back he can if yeah. he doesn't I think he he has he'll have his pick of the litter where he wants to go exactly I will have like here here's the I will have no animosity towards Jacob DeGrom if he isn't a Met next year because he's been through it a lot he's put himself out there his he's had amazing performances I don't need to see him anymore in a Mets uniform. He'll be forever a Met for me. But if he wants to go play in Atlanta and be close to home, he's earned the right to be able to do that. If he wants to go 
in a lesser market where he can just be calm and cool and do the the Steven Strasburg approach and just be kind of in the background and pitching wherever. Mm. I, I think they make an offer to DeGrom and it's up to him what he wants to do. I love him regardless. Jerry, if uh, DeGrom is an Atlanta Brave next year, I think you're going to have a new co-host on Shea Station. Because you quit? I'll be retreating to the mountains and not watching baseball anymore. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's, it's an interesting possibility. Because, yeah, you know, I mean, we're getting closer and closer. to. I, th- I think personally that he's going to sign quick. Um, I don't think he's I don't think the Braves would make him an offer that I, would be, I do think other teams might um, I think other teams might but I don't think the Braves are willing in the budget to push it towards I think they're focused on their guys like I think Swanson is a priority for them I think they might they might go back and uh, bring back Jock Peterson or something like that but they have good pitching I don't I don't know so back to our rotation the yes. Mets if they don't get DeGrom, I really do think they make a push for Verlander. Verlander and Scherzer had success in Detroit together. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to win. Verlander wants to win another World Series, even if he wins this one with Houston. He's going to want to continue to pitch. He's proven at almost 40 years old off of Tommy John that he's still elite. I think he's got some air left in those tires. Yeah, I mean, I think again, and it's not going to cost you your entire future. You can do this big AAV short term and help your ball club in more ways than one without having to, you know, because the, the worry about Carlos Rodon is you sign this guy for seven years and he doesn't perform at all. He doesn't perform. He, he's hurt the whole time and your payroll is saddled with with a Rodon type. Um, so the those short-term high AAV are very enticing, especially when you already have Scherzer at that point, you already have a very competitive lineup set up. You need a bullpen and you need another top end starter or two. So, and I'm going to save uh, my thoughts for a future episode. Cause I think may- probably next week we'll do a, a full deep dive and maybe what we want the lineup to look like outside of free agents and stuff like that. Cause there's a ton to talk about there. And really it does start with that, Grom Verlander, Rodon, Kershaw discussion. Yeah. So as far as the shape of our uh, the New York Mets roster and their free agents, uh, yeah, I think I think they make a play at all the big names. I think Diaz scares me the most that he's going to go elsewhere because there's nobody on the market like him. Yes. Uh, Nimmo, I think, returns, but I'm scared because he has Scott Boris and there's nobody on the market like him right now. Yep. Um, but I do think he has real solid mutual interest to want to come back to the New York Mets. I think he, him and his wife are partial to the area. They really enjoy it. Um, and then DeGrom scares me because he may want – to see something different and he's earned that right. Maybe he wants to be closer to, to Florida, wants to be out of the spotlight, wants to be out of the big apple. That scares me too. Uh, so it's, it's nerve wracking, but I think they make a play for it. And if they don't, I think they find a way to still be competitive. Yep. I agree with pretty much everything you said there. Kind of big three or bust. Um, and I mean, with, Nemo, I think he was, this is the last thing I'll say. I think he was one of the few guys in that immediate post game after the elimination that was pretty comfortable with saying that he had interest to return to New York. A lot of the guys didn't want to comment, said, you know, I'll do what's best for my family, all that. Nemo was pretty upfront and honest about 
he him enjoying his time here and his interest. And he's in he's back. done nothing but be truthful yes. with his emotions, which is. I hope they don't use it as leverage against him. And I think that's the approach that DeGrom and, and Diaz talked about. Like, hey, I don't want to say anything to where you can go to my agent and say, he said this. Yeah. So we're going to offer you this, which they do. Trust me. Oh, I believe it. Um, and so I hope they don't use it against Nemo for being forthcoming. And they shouldn't because he'll go elsewhere and get what he needs. Then if you again, if you. If you're rude and you're disrespectful to a person, like you, uh, uh, they have other suitors. Yeah, so man. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Everybody wants a piece of the New York Mets, guys. I, this is so look, this is what happened to Freddie Freeman. Yeah. He was offended by their offer and their the way they were. He wanted to be a, an Atlanta Brave. He said, Give me this fair market. And they said, We don't want it. And he moved on and he was heartbroken, but they didn't, you know. They went after young and pretty and Matt Olson, and it worked out for them. They yeah. were very good. The Dodgers are very good. Freddie Freeman, Freeman dominated, but you don't. You pissed him off. Yeah, you, you you hurt his feelings, and you you made him mad. And and things shit happens when you're when you're rude to people. I hope the Mets are listening. Don't make a Degrom and Nimmo mad. It's the last thing we need. Don't be disrespectful. Don't lowball them right off the bat. They put themselves out there. It's clear what their market is. Come at them with a, an open communication. Don't play this, you know, hide and seek bullshit and try to play, you know, chicken and sign them late for cheaper. Don't do it. It doesn't work out well. It's it's bad for both sides. Jerry for GM, maybe. Yeah, I would give everybody too much money. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, all right, you deserve it. You it's, earned it's it. It's not my money. <laughs> Yeah, remember that, Mets fans. I think that's a lesson I need to learn, too. It's not my money. So if the Mets want to spend a fuckload of money, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. All right, man. You got anything else? No, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Hopefully the flow of this was a little bit clearer uh, upon listening uh, (laughs) because we were a little bit scatterbrained. But this is is the way of uh, our the Mets 2023 season so yeah, it'll I mean, be interesting it's uh, the entire thing is scatterbrained there's no way to be who organized. are you rooting for in this houston astros philadelphia phillies i'm World rooting series. i'm rooting for dusty baker to get his first manager uh, ring. dusty baker is the only reason why i would be okay but i'm not i wouldn't jerry i I'm haven't okay. i haven't been able to root for a world series team since like 2016 maybe i mean it's been dodgers astros Dodgers, Red Sox, Astros, what Nationals, Dodgers, Rays. I like none of these teams. None of them are teams that I want to see win. But Cubs, Cubs, Indians was awesome. Love that. I'll tell you, uh, I I like the Phillies. I, I like hurts. their. I know, Jared. They always I have love to be Zach Wheeler. Cool. I know, and I love Bryce Harper. I like I, I like this. I like that they went for it. They put a style together. The same reason. They did the same thing the Mets did. They put two amazing starters at the top of their rotation. If it was any other uniform, I would so. I understand it, and I understand it. But I'm not the the Astros are a real dynasty right now. And I here's my thing with this, and I know what we're going over here. Um, They're not cheating anymore. They've been to six ALCSs in a row. I think it would be nice if they got a legit ring, so people could just stop talking. I don't want that to happen. I personally do. That's just this how I is, feel. This is how I feel. 
<laughs> you cheated at all as an organization. But there's no cheaters there left. They're all gone. They all spread no, out. Not. Who, who are the cheaters that are still there? Altuve? He didn't use it that much. No, Bregman. Bregman. That's the big one. Sure. But Jordan didn't cheat. Kyle Tucker wasn't no, there. I'm not I'm not saying. I like I like Jordan. I like Kyle Tucker. I don't like the Astros. Sure. Yeah, I get it. I definitely And do. I don't like anybody that builds a dynasty. You're they are the modern day. So when I was growing up, it was the the Jeter Yankees. Everybody they went to the World Series and went one a ton of times. To me, this is that version. It's yeah. the new age dynasty. I respect it. I don't want them to win. It's rocking a hard place, Jerry. It's that's, that's all That's true is. with the Phillies. And I hate the Phillies. So I I got that's fair. the Astros. I, don't, I, feel I take differently. no joy. There's no joy in it other than Justin <laughs> Baker gets his ring. I'm cool with that. There's no joy here. Promise. Yeah. I've got some joy. I love I love wheels. So yeah. there you go. And and Noah. I still have a soft spot for Noah. I like Noah too. Yeah, he's fine. All right, guys. See, that's what I mean. Don't t- like he told the Mets fans I want to come back and they, they hate did. him. I mean, Lotto hate Noah Syndergaard for things he said and then left for LA. If Cohen owns the team in 18 or whenever Wheeler walked, he'd still be here. So I, I don't get mad at him. It just sucks because he's amazing, especially in this postseason. It is what it is. It is what it is. All right. We're out. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Talk more free agents. Hopefully. We have a World Series winner by then, hopefully, so we can just stop talking about it. But until then, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.